Have you ever been driving in a car for hours at a time, or maybe even days, and you get really sore? Or you've been sitting at a desk all day for 12 hours, and you get up and you're really, really sore? Or maybe you did 200 squats at the gym that day, or lunge walks. No matter what you do, you can't get rid of that pain in your rear end. Well, today, I have a special guest for all of you, a good friend of mine, Sensei Ando is here to impart his wisdom and share with all of you some tips and advice on training martial arts. I don't know how we got on all the subjects that we did. It's a very interesting conversation, that's for sure. A lot of it, though, the most important thing has to do with good like martial arts psychology, training psychology, sports psychology, if you want. And even though we're not qualified therapists, we are qualified human beings, as he put it, and qualified martial arts teachers. I think there's some rich nuggets here that you can pull out of this podcast if you could suffer through the entire thing. I did. Let's get started. How are you doing, sir? Sifu, it's always an honor to speak with you. Not always a pleasure, but always an honor. Thank you. Appreciate the dig right off the bat as usual. Wow. <laughs> this time I have evidence of it on camera. <laughs> More to come. <laughs> so I, I can prove that you aren't the, the shining light in martial arts that you claim to be. <laughs> oh, but I am. <laughs> Uh, well, welcome to my channel for the first time. I'm glad that you came over here to uh, to visit us, and I appreciate the talks we've had on your channel repeatedly. Uh, good times. So yes, sir. Uh, I hope we can bring in some of our phone conversations <laughs> into the video format because I know there's yeah. some real good fire going over the phone lines. I don't know what this will turn into, but right, yeah, right. Let's World see. War Four. <laughs> we'll just pass three. We'll go right to four. That's right. <laughs> Sticks and stones. Yes, um, but I thought, um, you know, you've been doing martial arts your whole life, pretty much. Um, I forget what age you started. You were in high school, right? Yeah, my mid-teens. Yeah. So you have a lot of background experience, and I know personally a bit about your training that you do on your own. So I thought you'd be a good one to broach the subject of how do you see fitness and martial arts coexisting, not coexisting? Is it important for someone who's starting out to, should they, let's start out with a hot button issue. Cause I've heard this one a lot. Um, should you be in shape before you start training martial arts? <laughs> Well, of course not. That's a, that's a loaded question. No, of course not. Martial arts is a vehicle to increase your fitness, improve your fitness. So anyone listening, if you're thinking, oh, I've got to prepare myself to go start martial arts, obviously that's crazy. Just get in there. Hopefully you'll have a good enough program and a good enough teacher to guide you to optimal fitness and happiness. So no, there's nothing you should prepare for. Go in and let the process begin. Absolutely. Do you agree? I presume. I do. I do. I, I mean, it's, it's very discouraging over the years to have, uh, can't count the number of people that have walked in my door and said, okay, let me go get in shape first and then I'll be back. And they never, I never see that person again. 
Sure. I guess that's like a lot of things in life where you don't start until you feel ready, whether it's starting a business or, gee, I'll ask that girl out once I get this much money in the bank or whatever, and, or I won't have a kid until I feel like I could be a good parent. Right. Almost everything goes through that filter of insecurity and feeling like you're just unprepared. But that's life. As you get older, you realize if you're already that type of person that, that you don't just jump off cliffs, you're always going to feel like that. You're never going to feel prepared. You're never going to feel good enough, smart enough, um, which is why you have to just keep proving to yourself by reflecting on your past, where all the times where you did jump into something, where maybe you were forced to do it, like, oh, you got to go into third grade. I don't feel like I'm ready for third grade, or you're going to start a little league, but I don't want to play. I don't even know how to play baseball. And look what happened. You probably got through it. You're still alive. So you can do it again. Trust yourself based on your, your past that whatever you throw yourself into, you will find a way to survive and hopefully thrive. And martial arts is no different. Do not be intimidated by movies or the UFC or whatever it is that's keeping you away from it. Get in there. There are people just like you who have the same feelings as you. And in a good program, you're all going to help each other rise up a level. So get in there right now. I agree. And even though neither of us are a certified therapist, what do you think the root cause of that mentality is that prevents people from like, maybe we could help somebody out that listens to this, that may be one of those people that never commits to anything until they're prepared or feel prepared. What do you think the root cause of that is a fear of failure or uh, that's always a popular one. Right. And if you're a therapist, I put my glasses on now so I can boost my confidence. <laughs> Speaking as a doctor, <laughs> we don't use glasses on this podcast. You're going to have to. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to keep my glasses on uh, for this one. Uh, yeah. And let me repeat I am not a therapist or a doctor. So, and certainly not, but I am a human being. And yeah. I understand those feelings. There are many things that I'm procrastinating about right now in my life that I haven't done yet that I know I'm going to or I should, should have already done it. Now I'm starting to feel bad for not doing it. Like being it's a, a good It's a horrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> talking trash i couldn't hear it i said like being a good person <laughs> eventually i have goals to become a good person <laughs> i want to be generous and charitable but not yet um <laughs> someday <laughs> uh, i think it's the same old stuff you already cited fear of failure of course if you've the reason you might be looking to get into a martial arts program is because you've experienced loss. Maybe you were attacked and felt like you should have been able to do more, whether that's true or not. Maybe you do feel like you're out of control with your own fitness and your own body, and you want to find some discipline or some routine or some new role models to steer you in a healthier direction. But you're already building that on a feeling of failure. You're walking into it already feeling like I've screwed up something. I'm missing something. I'm already not good enough. So one, you have to admit that to yourself. Like I am not good enough. But be okay with that. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I think I said that clumsily. It's not that you're not good enough. It's just that we're all flawed. We all have things to work on. But if you only focus on the stuff that you feel that you failed at, then that's not going to help you. You've got to right. go back, like I said before, and focus on the things where you've succeeded. Focus on those times when you thought for sure, oh, I know I'm going to fail that course. You end up with a B. And you're like, well, that was really cool. I proved that I'm smarter than I thought, or I have better study habits right. than I thought. Um, or I, oh, I'd never be able to find a new car. I, my, I need a car and that's going to take forever. They're going to rip me off. But they ended up getting a good deal and you found a decent car that's still running. And yeah. you feel like, well, that worked out okay. There's so many examples of this. Every day, the small goals, big goals, 
Um, there's so many great examples of how you've been a success in your life. And it just takes dusting off that habit of maybe only looking at yourself through that visor. What have you screwed up on? Where are you failing? And just switch that. Take off those glasses, put on a new pair. Say, where yeah. have I succeeded? Where have I survived? If you're alive right now listening to this, you've survived up to this point. And I'm sure you have horror stories to tell about your life, something in your family, something about your schooling, some hazing incident, something bad happened to you probably, maybe more than one thing. Or maybe you feel genetically you're behind the eight ball. But here you are, you're doing something. So keep doing something and keep focusing on what's working for you and let a new momentum take over. Don't get sucked into the whirlpool of down, down, deeper, darker. Just reach, keep reaching, go up for the light and see if you can spiral upward. You can turn it around. You hit on something when you were talking about that, that I think um, deserves like a, a little bit more uh, focus is, and I don't know, you've probably experienced this as well, where you get somebody coming in as a beginner. If you don't have them in a beginner class or say more advanced practitioners went to the beginner class because they want to work on their basics and foundation as well. Hmm. And you get the occasional, um, it's a similar theme where they don't feel like they're good enough because they're looking at these people that maybe they're the only beginner in the class mm -hmm. or they're the newest, they're the lowest on the totem pole, if you will. And they're comparing themselves to that. Sure. But in a negative way. And I think it's, uh, do you want to speak to that at all? Have you had that happen to you where you sure. said that? I'm constantly in a room. Well, before the pandemic, Constantly in a room with people who are better than you at this or that or lots of things. Um, but again, you should be there as a student with a student's mindset, meaning I want to be in a room with people better than me at something because yeah. that's why I drove here. That's why I'm paying for this. I want someone to show me something that I'm not aware of. Show me what to do or how to do something in a way that I don't do it so that when I go home, I can say, ah, that was worth it. There was a, a return on my investment of time, money, yeah. energy, whatever. Um, so to any beginner in a class, if you're looking around and you're intimidated, good for you. You pick the right place. You should be intimidated. You should be inspired. You should be a little bit in awe because if you're not, if you're looking around at a bunch of equals and you feel like you can hang with all these people, you're in the wrong room. You're not really pushing yourself into a zone where you're going to surprise yourself with how great you are. If you want that spiraling up into achievement and success and fulfillment, it's not going to be about hanging around with people just like you or less than you. You got to right. get into the room with a couple of people who are better than you at something. doesn't have to be everything. We're all flawed people, but there's got to be yeah. something there where you go, how did you do that? What did you just do? I don't understand what you did. Can you help me? And if you have good people, they'll not only be better than you, they'll be helpful to you. So that's my advice to beginners. No, that's rich. That's, that's really good advice. And you hit on some really important, you had some really important comments on that. And I think it speaks to an aspect of martial arts in general is humility. Mm. And we have to be humble in order to learn, because if we think, if we come into it with that mindset that we know everything or we're better or we're good, Kind of what you were saying, if you, you're the best in the room or you're equal with everybody, not just if you are, but if you think you are, mm -hmm. that can shatter your reality or make you not want to train because you have this preconceived notion that 
you're not willing to kind of to work your way up the ladder. Right. It's like right. you have to be at the top of the ladder or or somehow it's a failure on yourself or a reflection that you're not a good person or you're you're less than or whereas that's not the case. It's like failure is part of life. Uh, we that's how we get better at things as we go further. Whether it's a sport or an art or a music or a job, it's like how many people started their job and felt competent and proficient in their first week. <laughs> right. Everybody sucked in the beginning. <laughs> but somehow we're we're supposed to get into martial arts and after a couple of months we're supposed to be good at it and when we show up what a couple hours a week and uh it just doesn't it doesn't work but I'm no. sure I've said that before. Yeah, no, you're very bitter about beginners, I get that. But um no, not, at all. not at all. You put in a couple hours a week, uh, you think you're going to be better? <laughs> You, you lazy layabout, you got nothing. <laughs> I've Wait seen video on my words. Math. Wait to twist my words. Yes. The math of learning. Oh, I saw it. Uh, how long it'll take someone to get good. Oh, that's right. I did do a podcast on that. Okay. That's right. That's right. There's, yeah. there's evidence of your business. <laughs> building on what I think what, what, what you said, um, I think that's like the put my therapist glasses back on. That's the second level of this journey, right? First, you accept that the humility of, I am not great at this. I want to be better. So you have to be brave enough to just walk in and start that journey towards right. improvement. But then the danger becomes, you get to that first level. Like you just said, you start to feel like, I got this. Oh, I know a form. Oh, I've done some sparring. Oh, I earned a belt. Oh, my teacher gave me a certificate and says I'm great. Yeah. And now you have this next uh, very natural human uh, occurrence, which is, I have to cling to this. This is my new identity because I didn't feel good about myself before when I had nothing. Now I have this belt or I have this award, this rank, and anything outside of this is no good. I must cling to this because this is now who I am. If this gets taken away, then I will be damaged goods again. I'll be a failure again. So now you find the people who are, oh, my style is the best. Oh, I'm a big shot. I'm a first level black belt. Um, that's where you start getting to the ego. And that, of course, is just a, a, a growth of more insecurity. You traded one bag of insecurities. I don't have anything. I don't know anything. I can't do anything. For a different bag of insecurities, I can only do this. I do it really great, but I can only do this. And now I'm afraid to learn anything else to show me that I was wrong or to show me that there was more. Now you got ego problems. Yeah. So that's a very real danger in anything, but we're talking about martial arts. So I'm sure you see that all the time as well. I do. And <clears throat> it it's a it retards the learning process it's another um barrier to entry if you will or barrier to progress i've had i'm sure you have stories to tell as well but i've had students come in from one that comes to mind that speaks to what you're saying is a few years ago very experienced uh gentleman that had been a boxer he had black belt in taekwondo and he had gone to a martial arts school and liked the teacher, liked the school, but was training with a purple belt. I don't know. I'm, the style is not important, but um, the interaction went something like this. He, he tried to help them. They were doing something that was wrong, but he was a white belt in that school. Um, he had probably 40 years of, of martial arts experience and some of it um, real world martial arts training, uh, if you will, where numerous fights he had been in due to the job that he had had. 
and he tried to help this person and fix it. And the person looked at him and said, I'm a purple belt. You don't tell me what to do. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that, that's a signifier right there that you don't want to learn. Mm -hmm. You don't want to get better. You just want that, that ride at the level that you got. So, yeah. Oh, for sure. You got clingers and learners. That's it. Either someone needs that status of that purple belt to say there, now I am somebody. And now that gives me the permission to, yes, I'll pay respect to my black belt senior, but now I have to expect that that white belt's going to respect me in the same way. And sometimes you run into this issue of, I think of false respect. The way I just laid that out, I'm a purple belt and I'm going to show respect to this black belt, not because I actually respect them, but because if I exercise my respect towards you, that role models that you're supposed to exercise that respect towards me, lower belt. Yeah. So then this whole thing is a charade. You're not only um, a limited student because you're not humble enough to keep learning and listen to anybody. You're also pretending to have built up a character of respect when you're really just using it as a manipulation to get respect, to force people to respect you because you're showing this sham respect to this instructor, which is where that military system of martial arts can sometimes lead to trouble because it forces you to go through the motions of respect without necessarily earning that respect along the way or making it real. There's a time and place for that. I think is when I was a younger guy with a lot of attitude, being forced to go through the mannerisms of a bow and saying, yes, sir. It, <laughs> that forced me to look at life a different way. And I did learn to respect the system and respect my seniors. And so it was very helpful for me. Um, but now because I've been on both sides, I can be disrespectful or respectful. I recognize the false respect and go, oh, I see what you're doing there. You think mm. you're clever because you just bowed, but I can see you're not actually respectful. You actually are a nasty person who's trying to cling to some type of your ego uh, falsely under false pretenses. And that's also very real in the martial arts. Sure. I think, and that's very dangerous because I've had it happen in my school um, years ago. And it's a, it's a very um, insidious thing that can tear, tear the school apart. And where that false respect, somebody can play it pretty good and get to a high rank. And if that person's allowed to get to a high rank, that's where it becomes uh, excruciatingly painful for everybody else because now they don't really have any respect. I would argue they don't have any self-respect either, mm -hmm. but they're not respecting the, the system. They're not respecting the people above them. And they're certainly not going to respect the people below them. And they're going to uh, other people that come in and see them as a role model. Mm -hmm are going to copy that because that person's this belt or they've been here this long or they've been sure. training X number of years. So yeah, that uh, one bad apple ruins the bunch. It can because on some level we're all animals and we sense different types of personalities, even if they're showing respect and a smile, but you're sensing that's not real. There's something wrong with this. Yeah, you're either <laughs> going to have the, the nice people be pushed away from that. Like that's your senior instructor. That's the guy who's going to be teaching me. I don't trust this guy. It feels like there's something wrong. So you lose that good student. But the people mm. who kind of feel the same way as that guy, like, yeah, I know this game you're playing. I'm part of that too. You'll attract right. that kind of person. And now that's the bad apple attracting. I don't think they necessarily yep. turn good people to the bad people, but you start finding certain kinds of people sticking in classes and certain people leaving. 
And you may not even know it. That's why it's so insidious. Because if you're not open to it, if you're not seeing it for what it is, because maybe your ego says, well, this guy loves me. See, he's so respectful to me. Right. But meanwhile, you're not seeing it. The beginners kind of pull away from him and they don't really want to learn with him for some reason or her. Um, mm. Or it's the business level. If you're a martial arts teacher and you own a school, it's happened here several times where you train someone, they're with you for years, always smiles, happy, holiday parties, the whole thing. Oh, you wake up and they just opened a school down the street and they stole your students. And that's happened multiple times. And you're like, how did I not see that happening? Like that was going on for years that this person was planning and plotting. They'd already signed that lease. They had already talked to these people behind the scenes. And then there's like this coup wow. occurs. And you're like, how? How wow. can that happen? Yeah. Um, so yeah, but hopefully the more honest you are with yourself, the more clearly you can see other people because you're clear with yourself. Right. That's one of the best parts of martial arts. If you are transparent with yourself, you will see more in other people. Mm-hmm. Just like with, uh, with forms, let's say, uh, your Tai Chi we were talking about earlier. There are certain connections in the body that you make that are not obvious to someone who doesn't know what they're doing. A beginner will look and say, oh, I see you're doing this. Right. And as you get more advanced, you get more technical corrections, as you have more experience moving your body, you can start to make very subtle adjustments that everyone else outside of that realm would say, that was made up. You didn't even do anything. That's the same thing. That doesn't really make a difference. But you and your body know, no, no, this actually makes a difference, this slight thing. And when you mm-hmm. see someone else performing, you can say, ah, I see you doing that or no, you're not doing that. It's very clear to you because you are very clear with yourself. But that's why I have martial arts because the reward for being honest with yourself is that I think I can read other people better. And the more I lie to myself, the more other people are able to lie to me too because yeah. we're all dishonest with each other. I can't even tell who I am, let alone who you are. So martial arts is this wonderful instrument, if you do it right, to just tear yourself down constantly, productively in a good way. I mean, like clearing a field for new growth, to plant new yep. seeds. Whatever issues you came in with, this is your chance to safely dismantle them like old bombs. Just unwire those things and put those things away and make room for something good to to flower. And the reward is not just for yourself, your own happiness and peace of mind and your own health. But I do believe that it helps navigate relationships a lot better, too. You can hear that tone of voice. You can see that weird body language. Things that you can't even necessarily list, but Mm. they're there. there. And it's just feelings that you have with yourself feelings that you get from other people. I think it all feeds each other. Yeah. And I like that because there's a strong analogy with uh, training where what's that? I, I always forget the quote about to the uninitiated, everything looks like magic mm-hmm. uh, or magic Arthur only Clark? exists to the uninitiated. Was it Arthur C. Clarke? Any sufficiently advanced technology takes on the appearance of magic. Correct. Yes. The sci-fi. It's either Isaac Asimov. It's one of those sci-fi writers. I think it was Arthur C. Clarke. I think that's. I think that's accurate. First guess. Um, But it's it's so true, and that's the like you could teach something, and somebody can't even see what really is going on there, and I think that. Uh, and I don't know if you share this, but as a teacher, one of the things that's so rewarding when somebody finally gets to that level, but also frustrating when people quit before they get there, it's like there's so much of this that is unlocked later that you can't yes. see. It's just impossible for you to see it. Right. And then it's later- literally you- impossible. Absolutely yes. right. And this 
Here we go. Internal, external, the great debate. Here we go. I think the way you just uh, explained that to me is what that's what the difference is between external art, if you want to say that, and internal art or external study and exercise and internal study and exercise. To me, one way to look at that division, um, mm -hmm. as artificial as it may be in the end, is the external is everything that you can see. And the internal is everything you can't see. And that's going to change from different people to first person to person and within yourself as you change. But like right. we were just demonstrating there, you could have two people doing the exact same exercise, making the exact same body shapes. And from the outside, externally, you would say, ah, they're both doing push-ups. Mm -hmm. But this person is thinking about getting a pump, building their muscles. They like grunting. They like feeling the sweat. They like getting up after going, oh, did you feel that burn? Their mindset right. and approach to that push-up is that. The other guy is calm. They're not working on a pump. They're actually trying to not get a pump. They're doing the same amount of work in the same shape for the body, but their approach is completely different. Mm -hmm. And if you're standing back 10 yards, all you're going to see are, oh, there's two guys doing push-ups. And maybe to the outsiders, like, I don't know, they're the same. But right. if you talk to those guys about what their goals were, what they were thinking about, how they were doing the exercise, literally then getting to which muscles were you using, which fascia were you triggering, you can go deep, deep, deep into this stuff. Um, that to me is the, the realm of the internal training. It's how you do things, not just what you're doing, but how yeah. you're doing it. And because that becomes invisible to most or magical because you roll with somebody who's doing something that you don't even understand. Like, yeah. not only did you catch me in that arm bar, but I don't even know how you got there. Hi, I didn't see it. There was like a blackout for me. That moment to me is like, well, that's the internal. You don't know what to even look for yet because it's hidden from right. you. It's not a secret. It's right there. And it's five right years there. from now, you just don't have the experience to be able to receive it. Yeah. Like the information is being given. Yeah. But you, you just have, don't have the receptors. The, yeah. It's still floating through your system. But you just don't know how to receive that. Or, or you're like, it's like one of those uh, ham radios. You're scanning for frequencies, but you just haven't found it yet. The the messaging is coming in loud yeah. and clear. What SOS, save me, whatever. Radio. <laughs> right. First, you have to build a radio. Like right. they have the radio. And then you got to find the certain frequencies and different teachers are at different frequencies and different times of your life. You're going to be listening for different things and searching for different things. But that to me is one way to approach this whole external internal stuff. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I totally agree with you on that facet of it. Um, that's not the crap you were spewing before the camera went on, but <laughs> well, I got more, I got plenty of crap. Uh, the, um, but you went right to push-ups, which I think is a great, a great analogy because you don't have to do, you don't have to discuss it in martial arts. You can look at something as simple as a squat or, right. uh, using a dumbbell a certain way or a kettlebell, um, a, a good exercise. I think that highlights that in my experience would be a kettlebell clean. If you, I don't know if you've done those, but pop it up. And uh, no, just to the chest, not even the overhead, okay. just uh, doing the squat, you pull and you come to the chest and it looks so, so simple and so mm -hmm. easy. But if you don't have all the components, right, you can, one, you can really hurt yourself if you got too much weight, but two, you're not benefiting the muscles that that exercise is going to optimally hit. Yeah, sure. Because something's out of place. And sure. <clears throat> so I think fitness, which we started the conversation with in the first place, was uh, with is a great kind of soundboard 
when we talk about martial arts and we get into, oh, well, how did you get that throw on that person? Because you just come in early on, it's very external and you try to muscle it. And that's all you know. You know how to do the throw. You know how to do the technique. But then when you hit resistance mm -hmm. and somebody's fighting back, what do, oh, what do I do with resistance? I, put, I push more. I go harder. I go faster. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, more strength that I use is going to make me successful at this. It's like, no. No. It's did you have your foot in the right place? Did you use your hip the right way? Did you tweak your elbow and disrupt their base? Did you take them off? It's, it's, right. um, and that's it's, the stuff that a beginner, it's impossible for them to see. They don't even know what to look for. And again, there's two things you can be looking for the external stuff like, Oh, I do see that footwork now, or, Oh, I did see you set up that grip differently. You can, there are some physical things, but at some point at the higher levels, you'll mm -hmm. never see it unless you go and ask them about it. Say, what are you doing? And then people have their different ways, depending on what kind of level of teacher they are, of explaining, well, this is where you get into like things like Xing Yi or standing meditations or like, what are you doing? Because all I see is you standing with your hands out and you're standing still for an hour. Right. But that experience can be completely different <laughs> depending on what you're intending to do in that time period. For some people, yeah. it's like, this is boring. I'm going to turn on some music and I'm getting a cramp in my neck. And for the other person, it's like, that was the most enlightening hour of my life. I just learned all these things about yeah. my posture and my <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's, um, that's why it's fascinating because you can always, the thing is about, that's why I think as we get older, people stereotype the Tai Chi and the internal arts because at some point you're gonna find out as you get older that you're speeding your power and learning more techniques that's all external stuff that hits very real barriers. And if you're small, you'll find that out earlier. But right. if you're a kind of an athletic guy and you're using my speed, my power, watch UFC, I see elite athletes being fast and strong. And that's mm -hmm. my approach to training. I just got to be faster and stronger. And if somebody beats me, well, it's because they're a little bit faster and stronger than I am. Okay, I can live with that. So I got to go pump more iron or I got to right. go work. I got to maybe take steroids or I have to just stay in my weight class or just say, hey, that's life. Or maybe make excuses and say, well, he's just being a jerk. If I tried harder, I could beat him. Okay. If this was a real fight, I'd gouge his eyes. Okay. But at some point, and I believe we're not the first to discover this. I mean, I always think about, I mean, jujitsu. Right. Um, soft arts. Soft gentle, techniques. Yeah. To me, the reason that you would even start naming an art that is because instinctively everybody goes hard. Yep. Throw a kid around. Ah, they're going to throw a tantrum. They're going to use muscles. It takes maturity to train the opposite of that. Say, well, what can you do if you're soft and you're slowing down and you're calm? That is so important that you learn the other side of it. I'm going to take for granted that you got the hard side. We're going to make a whole study of the soft side just to balance you out. doesn't mean the hard stuff doesn't work in the right context. Of course, that to me is why... The Chinese art, if you focus on the yin-yang, that's the, that's the idea. You can do both. There's a time to be hard. There's a time to be soft. There's a time right. to speed up. There's a time to slow down. Um, that is what good, I think, external, internal training is going to balance. What are you doing? How are you doing it? If you're going to talk about how you're going to do it, you can do it hard and fast. You can do it slow and soft. And all that's going to start informing you with all these choices and opportunities and freedom to figure mm -hmm. out whatever this puzzle is in front of you. That will be your maximum uh, output. If you just stick to the, I'm going to be faster and stronger. And then you get into your forties and now I got an injury and now I got a pot belly. And now I used to be able to do this, but I can't do that. Now we're back to fitness for long-term fitness. 
I don't think it's a great idea to keep chasing that one approach to exercise, which is just faster, stronger, bigger, harder, tougher. That works. It's great. Some people have the genetics, their knees never bother them. They never throw out their back. They never got a bad injury and they keep going. And God bless you. That's great. But for the rest of us who do start slowing down and do start getting injuries and do start having chronic problems at some point say, well, what other choices are there? Don't give up. That's a mistake. You're not the first person to get old. They figured this out thousands of years ago. That's where the traditional martial arts are based in. Like, hey, we have generations of experience of people getting older, but what can you still do? Can you still fight? Can you still roll? Yeah, we should probably try it the not youthful way then. Let's try it the older way. Slow down, be more sensitive, be more aware, have more options, feel more connected to your body. These are the the, the powers that you're going to have if you go that route, that route, and hopefully you can bring yeah. it all together. I remember seeing years ago, um, like the difference with how they train uh, wrestling in Russia is, and it was very interesting to me because a lot of the training was soft. Like they're going through, they're not, they're not competing on the mat every time they go to class. They're doing a lot of drilling and setups and with a compli somewhat compliant partner, not always fully compliant, but the you still have a body to move around but you have to actually go at a pace and with less strength in order to be able to train effectively and efficiently mm -hmm. and i think that when it, this goes back to speaking to humility in our our own humility and swallowing our ego and letting like letting somebody tap us out when we are actually rolling so that we we don't get hurt because usually the injuries that we face, especially, I know you took up jujitsu later in your life as well as I did. Um, how old were you when you started jujitsu? Uh, 39, 39. Uh, same. I think I was 37, 30. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 37. So around the same time. And I know for myself, every time I got hurt, it was usually because I was trying to resist something or use strength in the wrong place, wrong time. And that's what the result is, is getting injured instead of just going with it and letting someone do something and, and taking the loss. And I've seen it in my own students where I've had people that just don't have strength and they get, they don't have any choice, but to tap. And, but after a few years, they turn into a nightmare on the mm -hmm. mats that people, no matter how much strength they use, they can't do anything to them because they're just, they've already felt that they've spent four years feeling that, right. that intensity that you think you're bringing something new to them. No, mm -hmm. uh, you're bringing something they're used to time after time, day after day. And now all of a sudden they're, they're a completely different animal. And that's a really cool thing to see, but it's a lesson too, for the rest of us that, just harder doesn't make us better. I think it speaks to the, the internal approach, if you will, if you want to call it that, or just training smart. Um, is it, is it going out and doing uh, CrossFit 15 times a week? Is that, uh, and then trying to, trying to train martial arts on top of that, because we have to be stronger, we have to be faster, but then we get injured every time we get on the mats. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? How much do you, uh, going back to the fitness element, how much do you believe that you should do fitness before? It, or do you believe that there's a level of fitness that interrupts with your martial arts training? Like, where do you draw the line? Um, I'm not 
I'm not sure if I draw lines. What I do is I, I get up and I work. And <laughs> that work can look different on different days. That would be the differences of approach. So some days you do want to just hit the, hit the gas and see what your body can do today and go for it. And I'm going to go punch a tree and I'm going to go <laughs> run my sprints and I'm going to scream and swing my stick around. In the <laughs> um, some days you go hard. and uh, But other days it'll be it's a, it's a soft exploration. Like, well, what if I do the opposite of all of that? Right. Um, so to me, that's where the, again, that's not just the physical fitness, any kind of movement that you're doing is going to be, I think, good for you. And if you're listening to your body and allowing it to recover and you're eating well and sleeping well, and your genetics aren't working against you, you're, you know, you will maintain some type of physical fitness, but more importantly, again, as you get older, it's like, well, getting in shape not, has not been an issue for me in a long time. I'm probably in the best shape of my life right now. Um, that's a momentum that carries and takes time. And once you get there, you're, you're there um, as long as you keep working. Um, but the emotional and psychological fitness is to me more fascinating nowadays. Uh, I want to call it the internal side of it um, because it's so easy to lose your confidence. It's so easy, especially right now, like uh, we're living through this pandemic and yeah. you've closed a business. I've closed a business. And if your identity is wrapped up in that business or if you're not comfortable with your decisions that led up to closing the doors, then you might live as a broken man. It's easy to see a physical injury. Oh, we popped my elbow. Now I'm going to sing for six weeks. But if closing your school also means that it crushed your spirit and makes you hate the world and think that God's against you and feel like you're a loser, that's an injury yeah. you may never recover from. So the fitness to me is, is it's a cliche, but it's, it's absolutely the way it should be. Mind, body, spirit. That's what martial arts is supposed to be. It's whole right. person fitness. So, you know, you want to swing a kettlebell, swing a kettlebell. You want to go chop wood, chop wood. You want to go do forms, do forms. Move your body, but move your body in this yin-yang fashion where you're approaching it different ways. Don't look at your body as just this one-dimensional black or white tool. Right. Challenge your body to do things in different ways so that you can open up opportunities in your body to find choices. Once you have choices, the yin and the yang is kind of the extremes of choices, but then it's all the gray area in between that. Depending on how fast that's spinning around, the black and the white, it's going to be light gray or dark gray or one or the other. So, But it also has the opposite, the dot on each side to represent the opposite sure. color for a reason as a, as a point to make about the balance, right? Yeah. It's a wormhole to the other side. It's like the shortest distance between two points. Like, oh, you could be going all the way on your uh, speed and power side. If it's not working, boom, there's a wormhole right back to the white. Go to the other side and go to the yin and soft, quick, yield. Hey, and there's an opportunity. I, I let it go so much that he ran past me. Now he fell down. Boom, wormhole back over to the strong and fast side. Hit him in the back of the head. Um, that'd be on a physical dim uh, dimension. But same with, like we're saying, psychologically, emotionally. Oh, you're in an argument. The guy's screaming in your face. Your instinct maybe because you've trained to be tough and never back down. But now you're getting into worse trouble. Quick, wormhole to the other extreme. Let it go. Let him have a way out. Apologize. Oh, he's he, now he's gripping a knife. Whoa, I'm gonna go back to the black side. Whoa, attack, grab that hand. I better do something. Whoa, he's stronger than I am. I better go back to the soft side. And now we're in this beautiful dimension where I don't take any of my choices personally. This is important. Like we said about that purple belt who's clinging to their identity being that purple belt and the level Absolutely. of skill at that point. Yeah, definitely. If you're if you're only there psychologically, you're a purple belt, emotional purple belt, then the first thing that the first time you try that tactic and it doesn't work, now you're back to that guy who had no lessons. You're back to the guy you were before you even trained or worse because now your faith has been broken. You thought you achieved right. something and it turned out to not work. 
And now you feel like even in bigger loser, you're even tricked. You spent all this time building something that doesn't work. So yeah. now you're really in bad shape. So external, internal, one extreme, the other extreme, hard, soft, fast, slow. If you explore it all and you don't take any of it personally, then you're going to be at your maximum power. Because I don't care if I walk away or if I punch back. I don't take either of those personally. I just recognize them as choices in the moment. And I'm comfortable with either one. And if you are too, then you're probably gonna have a better life. Because if I have my business open or closed, I'm still gonna sleep at night because I feel good about what I did. I made the best decision I could in a moment. And that's it. So best, yeah, the best decision for your team, not for yourself. And sure. But I think that a lot of what you're, you're hitting on comes down to the psychology of martial arts. And I mean, you could extrapolate this into other fields and other things, but we're, we're martial artists. So let's stick with that. And the fact that the number one barrier to progress and success in martial arts is not something physical. Usually it has more to do with up here. This is, and it's not an, it's not anybody in the school. That's our opponent with the exception of, you know, really bad situations that, um, I don't mean to be exclusive of, uh, something traumatic that could happen to somebody in a bad school, but the, the fact of the matter is nobody there on the mat is your enemy that is trying to stop you from getting better. If, if anything, it's the opposite, just even through that grind or that resistance that's making us better and we're all improving. But the thing that makes us not improve is all up here in our head whether it's ego or it's just uh, insecurity or uh, not, not having humility or just telling ourselves we can't do it. Or uh, like you said, somebody, uh, something happens, you get hurt and, and that crush. So you talked about closing a business and being wrapped up and it's happened. Like sometimes people get an injury, like they held on too long. They didn't tap and they got arm barred. And now the arms out of whack for six weeks. And takes it, take it personally. Like it's some slight on them uh, that they're not good enough. It's like, no, I got caught. I got to learn from it. Why did I get caught? And oh, I was stupid. I didn't, I didn't uh, tap early enough. That's against the, the ideals of good training practice. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's where the stoicism kind of comes into this or, my understanding of Zen mind. I think that's where that comes into martial arts, that trying to find this neutrality, trying to find this objectivity um, so that you can view your own journey without all the harsh, limiting judgments. People talk about self-defense. I always remind them that means defense from yourself first. Yeah, yeah. You've got to work out that you are always attacking or helping yourself. Every choice you make, every action you take, you are either helping your cause or you're making it worse. Right. So once you own that responsibility and forgive your mistakes and value them as lessons like, good, I won't do that again. Let me move on now a little bit smarter. There's no reason that you take any of this stuff personally. It's just focus on the goal of improvement um, at yeah. whatever level you're on. It's, it's That's the thing that's kept me going for all these years because people, you get emails, I'm sure the same as I do, like, oh, I just can't find the motivation or gee, I want to get started, but I haven't yet. Or gee, I did it for four years. I haven't been back in 15. And it's always to my mind, I'm like, how could you have stopped? And it's because I believe 
they um, at some point they didn't get the value. I don't think people give up things that they get a clear value from. If you're True. if every day you walked outside and you gave this one person a dollar and they kept giving you ten dollars back, you go every day you find a dollar and say, here, here's my here's my dollar, give me ten back. Thank you. If you're getting a good return on your investment, I think you'll keep going. People like that stuff. It's like a pellet for rats. They're eating food pellets. It's, I'll keep going this way in the maze if I keep getting that pellet. Yeah. And I think the failure of many teachers or many programs or many students, I mean, there's there's responsibility for everywhere, for everyone, is at some point you didn't get the value back. Something cracked that investment. I drove across town. I paid my money. I did the exercise you taught me. I didn't see any improvement. I don't right. think I'm getting any better. Now that could be real or imagined. That's going to depend on your relationship with yourself. Are you being too hard on yourself? Are you not being patient? It could be the program. Yeah, they won't let you do certain things. They only let you do it this way or they won't answer your questions. It could be the teacher holding you back. He's a toxic person. I mean, all kinds of different situations. But ultimately it comes down to you. And if you're in a training situation or you've set up a routine for yourself where you're not excited as hell to get up and do it again, which has always been my case. I have no problem with this pandemic training. I'm up right. every day. I'm training more than ever. I have more time. Yeah. And I, I've never regretted a workout session. I've never had a problem with motivation because I've always found an improvement. And some days it might be an hour's worth of work to get one little nuance of improvement on one little thing. But that's what I go down. I write it in my journal and I say, yep, that's why I like notebooks and journals because it's easy to forget sometimes when you're grinding it out that you are improving, that you are making breakthroughs. Yeah, you don't see the but, progress. Yeah. Right. But when I sit down, just my little casual journal that I keep, like I come after my workout, I go, well, you know what? I saw that today. I don't want to give any of my secrets away, but oh, I saw this today. <laughs> I can flip through there anytime I want. If I were ever feeling discouraged and go, yeah, look, I didn't even know that three months ago. I realized I thought I'd known that forever, but that's true. That was only three months ago. I figured that out. Get back to it, big guy. Keep working out because I've, I've, right. I swear for decades, I've never not gotten a return on my investment in martial arts. So if you're a student who's feeling burned out or that you're not getting anywhere, something has to change in your routine. Please don't blame martial arts for that. It could be the program. It could be your teacher. It could be your relationship with that program or that teacher. It might be fine programs and teachers, but somehow the way you approach it is not the right way. But at least take yeah. responsibility for it and start creating a different routine for yourself that will pay you back on your investment because I see no reason why anyone in the world cannot find a path in the martial arts to constantly be improving their life across the board, fitness, fulfillment, happiness across the board. Would it's, you agree with that? It doesn't that? have to be eight hours a week, 10 hours a week, or 40 hours a week. It could just be two hours a week. If that's all you have time for, at least it's moving the ball forward instead nah. of- Nah. <laughs> <laughs> two hours? What? <laughs> two hours? It's oh, who's really crapping on beginners now? I'm not, a beginner can work out 40 hours a week. What do you mean? Just because you're a beginner doesn't mean you're only working two hours a week. I would just, the only correction I would throw in there for myself would be, there was a time when I would look at martial arts training when I first started, when I signed up, when I was a beginner, like, oh, my class is on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays from seven to nine, da, da, da. And so you think yeah. that's when I'll be a martial artist. That's when I'll make improvement. But very quickly, I realized, oh, wait a minute. If I practice at home, if I keep these ideas in my head as I'm talking to people, if I keep that concept when I'm moving through traffic, I'm always training. And therefore, I can bring all of my little discoveries through the day back to the dojo when I get there. 
right. you're always training once you switch on that mindset of I'm a student. I'm open to learning anywhere, anytime, any place from anybody. And once you do that, I don't even get into, well, how many hours did you train this week? That that question doesn't even make sense to me. Like, what are no, you talking about? Not. It's not because it's quality of training too. You could train 15 minutes if that's all you have and get good quality training. But Sure. Or you might that, be trained the wrong way. You might be approaching the yeah. same exercise the same way that you've been doing it for 15 years. And that's why you're not getting any advancement because right. you keep sticking to one approach. When we just talked about, you can approach the same exercise a multitude of different ways. And if you're yeah. not open to doing it, well, of course you're not making improvement. Time to try something else. Try it a different way. You don't have, people always say, oh, gee, I've been doing Shotokan for a long time, let's say. And uh, I'm thinking about switching styles. I'm really bored. And they usually expect me because I'm into Kung Fu or into multiple arts. Like, what style should I get into next? You know, what do you think? I Should I switch styles? And I usually always first start saying, well, hang on. You put a lot of time into that style. You've built relationships. You're not unhappy with where you are. You're just not getting a value back. Yeah. Can't you stick in your Shotokan, but just approach it a different way? Don't yep. worry about the rank or don't worry about being affiliated with that association. Have you ever done your Shotokan Kata as if you're doing Tai Chi? Have you ever done it with your eyes closed? Have you ever tried to do them backwards? Have you ever tried to start opening up this door? Have you ever right. done them with one arm? Have you ever tried? There's a million ways to do it. And then you find new things about your old stuff. So I say that to the kids all the time. I've trained kids a long time. It's like there's always this, I want a new toy. I want a new toy. I want a new toy. It's like, you know what? If you go back to your old toy and polish it again and clean it up a little bit, it's still fun. That's why I like yep. this resurgence of like the old Atari or the old Nintendo, the old Pac-Man. It's like those yeah. games are still fun. Yep. They have different games now and that's cool, but the ping pong is still fun. <laughs> they became successful just, for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, of course. It, there's, it's still tapping into something and there's nothing wrong with far the way. Like why would you, why would that ever be, oh, I don't want to, I mean, I've run into guys like that all the time. You're either sparring or rolling and they're advanced or they're big and strong. And I start to roll with them and they kind of wipe the floor with me really quickly. And then they get bored and start looking around like, I want to move on. And then part of me understands that like, oh, I get it. You're okay. But the other part of me is like, yeah, but even when if I roll with a kid or spar with a kid, I'm working yeah. on something. Yep. I'm still learning. There's no doubt. I, especially now during the pandemic, that should be enough. I'd be thrilled to spar with some eight-year-old right now. Give me anybody. I'll spar. I will learn from anybody right now. I can play around. Well, I think so, that 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 mentality has trapped people a lot and you can go you can become really negative um to yourself in the training process if you have that attitude because we learn something from everyone as you just said but when you so if i'm teaching a kids class and i roll with one of the kids it's it's not productive and i would I would say this to as an adult, same if I'm rolling with an adult that's just smaller than me. There's not a lot of those people, but they do happen once in a while. And uh, the, the fact is that you could try to muscle and use your strength and you could win those matches all the time, whether it's a kid or a smaller person or weaker person, but you're not learning anything. And it's like adapting the game. My BJJ teacher has what is he 130 pounds on me mm -hmm. and if he wanted to use that he would certainly just destroy me all the time but his teacher taught him to use to save that strength and size for when he really needed it and he became able to move like i, I don't see very many large larger people that can move like he can 
and he moves very uh, gracefully. But you don't get that by having that mentality that you just talked about of, of uh, I'm just going to smash this person. I'm bored. Let me move on to the next person. Uh, no, what can we learn from this? How can you improve your own game by maybe moving the way that person is by moving lighter, moving faster? Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's approach. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. A different approach. Just let yeah. me walk a mile in your shoes. Like, what would I do if I were you? Or even, I mean, it sounds maybe a little like dissecting a frog, but even if you're working with someone smaller, less experienced and not a threat to you directly, um, although I always try to imagine even a kid, like if they have a knife in their hand, he could kill me. So yep. let me spar with this kid as if both of those hands are blades. And if he doesn't do those things, I'm dead. If I don't control yep. those hands. So instantly you can change your approach to even just that situation and get some more out of it. Yeah. Or what I was going to say about dissecting a frog is even if it's just a study of skeletons and you're just looking at this little body, you're like, well, what if I tip ahead this way? What happens to you? What if I twist your wrist a little bit this way? What happens to your next step? There are so many experiments that you can be running on your own behalf or just with someone else's body that I can't imagine. I, 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 I hate when people tell me that they didn't like sparring with that guy or I don't want to spar with him. And then, then, then it's like, I will learn from a cat if I get to spar with a cat. I don't care. Give me another living. Give me a, give me this belt. Give me this stick. I'll learn something because if you have a student mindset, that's what your approach is. So that would be another tip for anybody listening if they're still on at this point. <laughs> or not, know that you're know that there's always more than you're seeing. Nobody listens to podcast, so you're good. Well, that, <laughs> mine either. We know ourselves anyway. That's not personal. That's okay. I'm enjoying. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that <laughs> uh, there there is magic in the martial arts. I'll say it that yeah. way. There yeah. is magic in the martial arts. It's not mysticism. It's not mystical magic. It's right. mechanics. It's just mechanics that you're not educated enough to see. And they're right in front of you. It's like I always think of the uh, the rabbit in the hat trick. You look in the hat, there's no rabbit. Magician, right. there's a rabbit. Now you could say, oh, that's magic. If you're a little kid, you're like, oh, that's magic. There's some supernatural law. It's like, no, it's mechanics. I led you to believe there was no rabbit in there. The rabbit was always there. It was right in front of you. You just didn't know how to see it. If you show that same trick to Penn and Teller, they would instantly say, well, I know where the rabbit is. I see the rabbit already. Of course, there's yeah. a rabbit in there. So it's the same thing in martial arts. No sure. one's actually hiding it from you. If you roll with a guy who's good, all of his tricks are there. He can't hide them. It's right. just you need to get your receiver to write yeah. frequency to go, oh, my God, I just saw what you just did there. Oh, there's a little flash behind the curtain. Ah, I saw you setting up that grip. Oh, now I'm onto something. And that's the mad, that to me, that's the, the joy of it. Discovering it how the trick is done. Not mysticism, mechanics. It's I think, that, but yeah. that to me is the beauty of it because it is mechanical. It is attainable. Not, oh, this mystical right. person from a different land with a different lineage. And because they're standing like this and they grew a long white beard and they always have incense burning next to them. Therefore, they're tapped into some universal energy that makes them better than you. And you can never even achieve it. That sounds borderline racist. I'm just gonna tell you. I said I said <laughs> different land. I didn't name any land. It could be Poland. I'm Poland. Uh, <laughs> anyone who presents themselves with that mystique, and yes. I know people of every race who have done this. Yeah. Um, in the way they talk, the way they dress, the way they hold themselves, what they allow and don't allow around them. If you allow, if you have a teacher who is a, a, approaching you with mystique, then that is instantly a red flag. 
that they are not going to ever let you be as good as they are if they've ever even shown you that they're any good. Right. You're never going to get there because they are sitting on mystique instead of mechanics. A great teacher will let you feel what they're doing and explain it to you whether or not you can get it that day. They won't have a problem with it. They'll say, well, here's what I'm doing. Granted, yeah. sometimes I'm, you may know that you're not ready for this, and I'll tell you this later. But So yeah. maybe they parse out the information a little bit just for your own good because they don't want you thinking about – well, the microcosmic orbit goes like this. So what you'll feel later on in your career is this. You know, like beginner, all those martial artists? What's that? <laughs> I said like all those internal martial artists. <laughs> well, I'm not saying they're wrong, but I'm saying that if you haven't done the preliminary work and built up to it, it will make no sense. And then you'll have people mocking it. And then they lose out because it wasn't presented in a way that was mechanical. If you present... All of that cheese stuff mechanically, I don't think anyone has a problem with it. It's no, only when you start strapping on this other right. mystique to it where now people instantly just push away from it. And I think with good reason because that doesn't fit with any reality that we're living in. Oh, and whether right. you're trying to build a house or remodel a house, you, you have a fixer upper and you have cool videos about all the nonsense you've had to go through with this house that you're still going through. But every part of that, if you just hired a contractor to come in and change the foundation of the house, or I don't even know what terms to use because it's all magic to me. To me, it would be magic. Like, wow, you brought in what tool and you fixed this and you somehow raised right. that. and you, It would be magic because I have zero background in it. But yeah. for you, when you got in there and started learning how to do it yourself and how to change the sill on a window and how to put in this pipe and change that electricity and do that, you just get into the mechanics of it. And when you flick that light switch now to a kid, that's magic. Like, where'd that light come from? To yeah. you, it's completely mechanical. You know, everywhere that why the code says it has to be here and studs and blah. To you, it's it's there's no magic to it at all. So as yeah. long as you as a teacher are honest about it, it's always mechanics, not magic, and you're a great teacher. <laughs> well, I think that it uh so now we get into some really gritty stuff and it only took an hour and a half, but uh <laughs> you can edit start let's, here. Let's let's uh let's let me ask you this question. Cause you hit on it a little bit, but let's, let's open it up a little more where do you believe that a martial arts teacher that never spars and never fights is really, really knows how to fight? You mean spars in the public for cash prizes or do you mean works nope, out with students nope, in nope, their you school? Meaning you're a student with a teacher you they never roll with you they never spar with you and you never see them roll or spar with anybody else so to your knowledge let's just say definitively don't do it like they could be doing it and you just don't see them obviously mm -hmm. but uh for our, the purposes of this question they don't spar they don't roll and they've been teaching martial arts for 25 years do you in your opinion do you think they know how to fight <clears throat> Well, two different questions there. Do they know how to fight? Everybody can fight, so I don't put that in some separate category of magic. Like, you know how to fight. Okay. Do you, you think there's any animal in the world out there? Everyone can fight. So, um, but I absolutely, if you're a teacher, you have to recognize that, like Hannibal Lecter, I think, said, people covet <laughs> what they see. Oh my God. They they want what they see. That's why you, the killer killed the girl first. Frogs. We're now talking about serial killers. I don't know. <laughs> You're starting to it's worry. Martial arts. Martial <laughs> arts. 
really listen, a psychosis. <laughs> you want sharpening knives as a hobby. Okay, listen. <laughs> um, as a teacher, you must recognize that the best way to give a lesson to a student is for them to feel it. Right. You can stand up front and talk about it. You can tell stories about your past. Yeah. But when you feel it, it's different. And my Kung Fu teachers, uh, I can think of a couple of different examples, were always very clear that when you have a student someday, always go hit them and move them and let them feel it because the words are so limited. Yeah. And if you don't give it to them animal to animal in the in every sense that you can, meaning the physical, tactile, oh, then you're right. never really inspiring them on the level that you could. That's not to say that you're, you're worthless, terrible teacher, and you can't help people. Of course you can, but there's levels to this stuff. And I just know, certainly from my experience, I've, I've experienced masters both ways. The master that you never touch, and I've actually been told not to even make eye contact with when you go to the belt test. Don't even look. They're up yeah. there. Okay, there's that super patriarchal military thing. Duh, they're way above you. Yeah. Uh, all the way down to the teacher who on first day takes it upon themselves to say, I want to make sure your first experience is with me here, not anybody else. Right. Here, feel this. Here, feel that. And you go, oh. And the difference between those two camps is so huge yeah. <laughs> that I personally, anyone I've ever given out a belt to, I have worked with, I have touched, I have moved, I have felt myself, and I equally want them to feel what I do. Right. for whatever that's worth to them. And if they don't think that's that impressive, then great, they'll move on and find someone who does. But yeah. absolutely, I for whatever level, I mean, I grant that some teachers get older, or, you know, 60 or 70 or 80, and you maybe you don't want- Yeah, that's not what I was referring to specifically. It was more direct, like um, the, the fact that you, I mean, martial arts, there's there's degrees of separation right there's martial dance there's martial arts there's people that focus more on the military component with the discipline the respect and not as much on technique and then we have the opposite where it's all technique and or just all sparring or it's a free-for-all and there's no discipline there's everybody's getting hurt all the time um it's basically fight club but when you have not the the instructors that clearly earned their place and they're in their 60s and you don't expect to see them out sparring every day um the, just the number of injuries of doing martial arts your whole life alone add up never mind the rest of whatever has happened to you in the 60 years you've been on this planet but the fact that you can have these these ecosystems these environments where the teacher like nobody ever even sees if they spar or roll or fight and somehow they have these qualifications and it, you said it where <clears throat> before when you were talking about the uh, just not having any idea when you're standing in there whether that person is legit or not and in your experience is what i'm asking you is in your experiences through martial arts have you ever seen someone that has been doing this a long time who you've never seen spar or roll or sure. demonstrate that they can do it, that, that they're a competent martial artist or not a fighter, a boxer, sure. like somebody who can capably fight proficiently. 
have you ever seen a case like that where they just they're yeah they're good but they they never spar they never roll oh absolutely I, uh, i've had a couple of like i said uh, the heads of the system but here's the other side of it i would say to be to be fair let's say you're you're the one who's new in the organization you're coming in this guy's made his whole life in martial arts and you're coming in he's already 60 he's already 70. at that point i'm right. maybe not expecting to spar with the top guy uh, as right. i'm coming in as a white belt why would i that's crazy um but that's when you have then you have to look to the senior students because they were the ones who've been around 20 years ago 40 years ago right. and if those guys are all really competent and, and they're doing things that you can't do and you want to do those things yeah. and they're telling you yeah i learned that from him he's to kick our ass the same way i'm kicking your ass Right. then there has to be some faith there that, oh, okay, well, then I guess he is legit, even though he never beat me up personally. If you're a guy who can kick my ass and you're telling me that he taught you that, well, then I'm going to give you a pass on that and say that yeah, he might be pretty good. Yeah, you see actual evidence of the lineage. And and that's yeah. what I wasn't – that's why I wanted to avoid that was it's – I'm not talking about the patriarchs of a system or like the uh, – or matriarch if it's a female mm -hmm. or uh, people that have been – like they earn their salt, if you will. Mm -hmm. I'm talking more about people that are younger, that uh, even younger than us, that you just don't see that that level. And yet students go to them thinking that they're going to learn self-defense or they're going to learn fighting. And if you don't see evidence of that, when you go into a school, do you believe that that they should stay in that environment, that, that that's the right uh, fit, if you will? Sure. If that's well, your, that like you said earlier people might have different goals if someone's just looking to get into shape and some guy says hey i'm a real badass i can really fight but i'm doing this cardio karate class and that's all you want to do is some cardio karate and you're getting in shape and you're feeling great about yourself and you've right 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 yeah. yeah okay well i got no problem with that um yeah. but if my goal and my goal always was self-defense and i come in and i can't find like i said earlier if i can't find anybody in the room who can do something i can't yeah then i'm in the wrong room you have yeah. to at some point find somebody who is doing something and the best way to know for sure is like do that on me and mm -hmm. if you feel like wow that was really good that's legit i can't do that and that might just be maybe it takes me a year to do what you're doing maybe it takes me 50 years and i never catch up with you i don't know how good this person is that's how i got started in uh, sistema i mean people love to bag on sistema and um uh martin wheeler the guy that showing me sistema um for several years now he shares the facility with Machado, who's a big BJJ guy. And yeah. he would join the class sometimes and roll with us. And whatever I thought about Sistema from a side watching their class, the bottom line was when he would come in, he would just, he would do very well, let's say. I'm not here to trash any in the BJJ program either. He did great. He's He was fantastic. And then when I started to separate out, like, okay, how much of that is you just being an incredible fighter, athlete, martial artist dedicated and how much of that is due to your systema training once right. i convinced myself like what you're doing is largely because of what you're getting because he's giving credit to the systema training now i'm interested in some systema training because i don't know what you're doing anymore and i can't beat you so therefore right. <laughs> i need to to say be human humble and go in and try your approach for a while yeah. and that to me is that's the, the longer answer to the question is like yeah, yeah. if you it all comes down to that. I don't care what system it is, where you come from, how old you are, how much money it costs, what blah, blah, blah. Here's my hand. Can you do something? <laughs> can I, can, can you do something to me that I can't stop? Right. Uh, can you do something consistently on me that I would like to do? Like, I can't do that right now, but I want to have that skill. Or I just saw you do something that 
hey, how do I do that? Then you got to just shut up, sign up, and suit up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Get in there and do it until a time, like the old stories about the old samurai or uh, like O Sensei from Aikido or these, these tales where I'm the best swordsman. And so I beat the best guy in my town. Now I go to a different town. Who's the best swordsman? You? Okay. And I'm going to stay here until right. I can beat you. Now I'm going to go to the next town. Okay. Who's the best swordsman? To me, that's the martial arts journey. You keep going to find the things that you can't do, the things that impress right. you again, the things that make you go, ooh, that's a different approach. And that doesn't mean giving up your old style. Like I said, if maybe I'm a, a Shotokan Ronin and I'm just going around, right. I'm going to train with these FMA guys for a while because they have a very different approach in the way they use their hands. And I'm going to apply that to my Shotokan. I'm going to do some BJJ. And now I see different applications to these kata movement that, oh, you know what? That's making my Shotokan better. To me, that's that's what it's all about. That's why cross-training is so fun. That's why talking to other people in different styles is so important. Because every time there are so many good people doing good things that you can't do, go be next to them. Be humble. Listen to what they have to say. Feel it. Absolutely. And um, as long as they can do something you can't, learn, <laughs> of course. Yeah, so, yes, I, as a teacher, you should be doing stuff. You hit on an important thing too, where it's less about the style and more about the teacher or the experience than, than, and that's a, that's a, even something that myself got trapped into early on is I want this style. Mm. And I had the opportunity to do BJJ back in uh, 1999 when I started. And there was like an invite only club where I was at that uh, uh, was doing it. And I could have started then and had a huge head start. But I was, nope, I'm doing this style. This is the style that I want to do. And that's what I told myself. So it's not stepping out and seeing that can be a limiter as, um, to ourselves and our own growth as well. Absolutely. Although I'm sure you continue to make progress in doing whatever you were doing. So if it wasn't the right time, it wasn't the right time. Right. right. Can't okay. kick ourselves because we come to it when the we're ready for it. That's it. And again, yeah. and I... I the older I get, the wider my view gets to always remembering, like I said earlier, everybody can fight. I, I hate when people get into these, well, does that technique really work? And can you really fight? And it's like, I don't need any training to fight. If you come over and try to hurt me, I'm going to fight back. Right. What we're getting into is like, okay, well, what choices do you make in that opportunity? What, how much freedom do you have to create something with your body? Are you going to try to do something you remember from a drill or do you have to just make up something on the spot? Um, those are just variables that happen afterwards. The yeah. wide view is like, look, you're a human being. This is the number one thing. You're a person. As a person, you are either fighting to improve your life, you're fighting to learn, you're fighting to make things better, or you're not. That's the first choice you have to make as a human being. Either you're getting up with the attitude that I'm a student, and I'm excited to learn, and I'm going to go for it, or you're thinking, I'm a loser. I really have nothing to improve my life. There's no way out for me. And let's just get through this day. Hopefully, I'll get some nachos and Pepsi later. Pie. All right. That's that's, that's your choice. <laughs> Nothing against nachos and Pepsi. There's a time and place. But um, uh, once you make that choice, then if you're saying, I'm a fighter. As a fighter, who cares what style, what person, what country, how – all I'm looking for are these challenges to make me better as a human being, to keep giving me the value back to say I'm improving. Yeah. We're human. Like my emotions. Who we are. That's, yeah. Uh, Either you're getting better as you who you are or you're getting worse. Either you're becoming a master of being you or you're you're just a beginner at being you. You yeah. want to be a master human being. That's the end goal. If jujitsu helps you do that, stay in jujitsu until it doesn't. If Filipino martial arts help you do that, stick over there. 
you want to just go in your background backyard and start a fight club with your neighbors and you kind of piece together your own wisdom. I don't care. Whatever you get in value, just keep that going. Get the value. Create a routine for yourself where you're getting value. Don't worry about the belts and the styles and the blah, 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 blah. That's all in the wrong direction. <laughs> you good stuff. There you go. I like that. That's a good uh, nail in the coffin at the end. <laughs> coffin? We That's could, the we opening of a beautiful box of butterflies is what it is. It's the <laughs> removal of a nail and unleashing pure potential is what it is. <laughs> Well, sir, that was uh, some good wisdom. I appreciate it as always. The awesome conversation. Thank you for and, putting up uh, with me. You are one of the few, Sifu, who has the <laughs> the power to put up with me. Thank you. We went off topic, but I think uh, it was worth it because we got was into there, some really. Uh, was there a really topic? I was informed. I was not aware there was a topic today. Uh, yeah, it was on the neon sign right on top of your monitor. That oh. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah awesome this is great and i look forward to doing this again at some point well i'm sure we will sir thank you so very much thank you have a great day have a better Get day <laughs> oh count on it it's right over there <laughs>